things that I thought was really interesting is that um, Michael Jordan got hurt early on in his career. Yeah. And um, and he he basically, you know, was rehabbing and he was saying, like, I'm good. I can play. And the the front office was like, no, no, it's too dangerous. And they said there's like a 10% chance. And it's like 10% chance. So he really fought them. He, he, he fought them. He wanted any playing time he could get because he was such a competitor. Well, what it became clear is that they didn't want him to play because they didn't want him to win games because they didn't, they wanted to be able to get a good draft pick. And Jordan really had like, no sympathy for that. He's like, no, you play the game to win. I don't like the idea of tanking games so that we get a good draft pick, but it is good business. So what do you guys think about that? Uh, I, I would it. never do it. Not only you'd never do it. I mean, I, <laughs> out of the sales world, okay, so this is like... Well, I'm going to tell you why I would never do it. Ever, ever, ever. It's not good business. It's, it's, it's terrible business for a lot of reasons. Here's why. One, pay, the fans pay... To see a product. Right. That's it. And if you're not going to give them the product to the best of your ability, you don't deserve to have fucking fans. Yeah. That's what happened in St. Louis here with Kroenke. Kroenke fucking tanked the Rams, refused to, to get good players, refused to get good coaching, refused to fucking actually even try to win. And then he turned around and blamed it on St. Louis like we're a bunch of fucking jackoffs. Right. No, we're not. We're actually the best sports fans in the fucking world. You're the worst motherfucking owner that ever existed. 100%. Okay? So... I don't agree with that from a principal standpoint. It's not the right thing to do. I also, and this is why it's terrible business, it's not just bad business to do this, but what you're doing by doing that is you're inviting the culture of losing into your fucking winning organization. And dude, that should never be acceptable. And even if you do it on a even if you do it on a minimal scale like that, that cancer is so infectious, you know, like how they're talking about, you know, COVID being so contagious, right. the fucking cancer of losing is a million times more contagious than fucking COVID. I promise you that. Sal, what do you think? No, I mean, I, dude, I, I couldn't you agree. You I won't couldn't be agree able to more. fucking get it back. And and the it's the it's the mentality of winning to be the best that yeah. you, once you start negotiating with that terrorist, like, dude, it's you're fucked, right? And mm -hmm. if you let it into your walls, you're double fucked. And you know, I think that's where Michael's mentality. And I always say this about sales. You know, in sales, like people will hold a deal so they can jam it through next month because they're they've already hit this month's quota. That's if they, if they're doing that. <clears throat> They're gonna they're gonna end up broke. Yes, yeah, loser mentality. Yes, and you know, I'm, again, it goes back to being aggressive. I'm always in the gas, always in the fucking gas, and I'm always playing to win. I'm always playing to get the deal. I'm always trying to fucking move, and I'm hoping that my you know my competition is sitting back waiting for it because I'm gonna fucking keep going. You know, and so when I tell when people say oh, I'm gonna hold a deal for next month, I automatically know what that person's what dude, their mentality is. Dude. Automatically. Totally agree. It's like, oh, I hit this quota. You should be smashing this fucking quota. And then go smash next month's quota, you too. Could people will tell you who the fuck they are by little shit like what he's saying. They will fucking tell you. You know, like you're working out with someone and, you know, they skip out on that last three reps. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Oh, yeah. Fucking salespeople, you know. Like, dude, when I'm in doubt of anything, fucking anything, when I'm in doubt. Like, dude, you see me train at your house and you see me, you see me write my little sets up on the fucking whiteboard sometimes i forget to write them up there do you know do you know what i do i do another set because i didn't write on the motherfucking board because dude I don't, i'm not taking the chance that maybe i forgot like because you know what i'm saying like because it's what i'm thinking in my head is like oh did i get five or six sets well i only have five on the board but i think i forgot one 
Well, then that said, don't count. I got to do it again. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, 100%. dude, you have to, you, dude, if you want to be a champion, like if you want to be a fucking successful person, dude, I'm not a fucking champion. I'm just a semi-successful business guy, but I'm working to be a motherfucking champion. Okay. And to have that mentality, you have to start implementing it in every area. You know, like that's why people laugh when they hear me talk about the piss on the toilet seat. But like, dude, if you leave piss on the toilet seat, I could tell everything I need to know about you. You know what I'm saying? And I know, and Sal, you know this, I know I'm going to beat you at anything. Well, I mean, I, I, I try to do it in every single aspect yeah. of my life. Like, DJ, how's my grass look? Grass looks amazing. 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 I, stripe, I stripe it in three directions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know why? Because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be the best at it. Yeah, because no like, one else fucking do that. No, that's it. That's my, right. You walk in my house. Like, How I, do you do that? Tell me later. You mow, always mow the white stripe. Okay. The white stripe's the stripe. That's okay. the stripe you're going after. Okay. But anyway, that's neither. That's that's fucking big league shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're too <laughs> urban for that. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, dude, like, you know, like when you, I don't care where you're going. I don't care. You you should be you should be dressed. You should be represented. You should fucking be playing for your reputation. You should. And I know, I know when my name's spoken and anything competitive comes up, I guarantee fucking to you they know. That's one competitive motherfucker. Oh, like, bro. You know how many people fucking motherfuck both of us for being like that? Yeah, and I don't Dude, care. I hear it all the time. I get fucking people all the time. Well, for solo fuckers. Oh, well, yeah, you know what, dude? Because we fucking care and we want to be the best. And, dude, we both understand from a fucking very young age because we were fortunate to have a great upbringing that, dude, that shit matters. You know what I'm saying? Like, it matters. The details fucking matter. And they matter the most when no one's going to catch you on them. That's what people miss. People think the details matter when you're going to get caught. No, man. The details matter way more when no one's going to catch you. the integrity of it. Who you are when no one's looking. So another aspect of the front office issue that came into uh, play with uh, this documentary is that this, this just boggles my mind, but... There was this controversy basically with Scottie Pippen because here, you know, he's the number two guy on the Bulls. He is easily top five, if not top two best players in the league at the time. Uh, Better defensive player than anybody in the league. Um, Early on, he signed a contract. It was, was, I I think it was like a 10-year contract for what would today be considered peanut feed. I mean, it was very, but the reason he did that is that he was from a poor family. He really felt like he needed to support his 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 mom and dad. Well, at one point, there like he was the years later, you know, seven years later after he's become he's helped build this dynasty. Um, he wants to renegotiate, and, and Jerry Reinsdorf's like, "No, we're not renegotiating." I mean, we we set that in stone, and um, and he was literally the 121st paid highest uh, paid athlete in the NBA. And so the question for me is because the whole premise of the of this documentary is this is the last hurrah because after this they know Scotty's leaving they know Jordan's probably a couple years from retirement this is our last chance to 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 get a, another W a ch- championship you guys talk all the time about you know not being so nearsighted and just doing anything about money everything about money that you do the right thing and and things take care of itself. Would the right thing have been for Jerry Reinsdorf to say, all right, this is one of the greatest players in the history of the game. We're going to give him his money. We're going to renegotiate. In the short term, it's going to cost me more money, but we might be able to keep this team together for longer. What do you think? What I think? Yeah. I fucking would have paid him. Yeah. And I probably would have paid him more than he fucking asked. Yeah. 
and I probably would have a reputation in that club of paying people more than what they're worth so that they didn't fucking come and and bitch about it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I firmly believe that <clears throat> you take care of people that take care of you. Right. That's it. So I probably would have paid them. Um, I mean, I don't know how much a franchise makes when they yeah. actually win the championship, but I can't imagine that Michael didn't have I mean, at least dude, a couple if he's more asking, years in him. If he's asking to be the fucking, you know, it, it depends on what the fuck he wanted. Like, yeah. I don't know what he wanted. I don't. I think he just wanted to be paid what he was worth. Well, at, people, at, this, at that point, I think you that's know. fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't know where this transitioned, but you saw, you started to see in the late '90s where contracts became very numbers driven, mm-hmm. very production driven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you produce, you win. Right. You don't produce, you don't win. You right. know, and that's where the guaranteed money started sliding around a little bit. And then, and so I, I would imagine, and I don't know enough about this topic to, I would imagine that particular deal probably played a huge role in the transition of contracts for the NBA yeah, based off production, you know, because if you produce, you should get paid. I mean, our sales guys, right? right. They produce, they get paid. I agree with that. You know, and like, I, I, that's how I see it. I see that you should get paid for what the fuck you're, what the value you bring. Right. And if I'm the if I'm the decision maker of that organization, I'm looking at his stats. I'm looking at how important he is to the team. I'm looking at how much revenue he drives. What are his jersey sales? What are his this? What are his that? What's he doing in the community? And then I'm looking at <clears throat> what has he done for us right. that was above what he got paid for. Yeah, and I'm, I, then I'm making a decision. Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf's known for being a fucking cheap ass, isn't he? Right. So, because yeah. he owned the White Sox as well, I think so. Yes, yeah. he did. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like you got to look too. You know, you, you think back. Like, I mean, the, how? It, but that doesn't mean that the dude could come in and demand everything. Like some of these dudes demand. I don't think Scotty was Scotty's like that. supposed to. Be I a, really don't. I think he was like, I just want to be paid. I'm like, I don't want to be the 121st. Well, he shouldn't have been. highest paid He's athlete a team in the NBA. Be- if he was the yeah. third best player, or second best player, he should be paid. Yeah. Accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always but, gonna be some slide rules in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. But I think, like, I do think Jerry Krause, who was the guy below him, I think he did a really good job putting together that team. I think, actually, Michael Jordan's kind of hard on Jerry Krause. I've heard a lot of people say that Jerry did a good job. He just wasn't real good with people. But really, at the end of the day, it's very possible that the success of the Bulls was in spite of the front office, that they didn't really create an amazing culture, and the players were just so incredibly dominant. Because, to your point, Andy, you always say, you know, success is not what you are. It's what you could have been. Right. Well... It's not. It's not taking away from the Bulls. They didn't. That they didn't get more championships. But it could be that if the front ha- office helped them, and were more of the culture that the players actually represented, maybe they could have had three more. You know. Well, I I would say there's validity to that. There's a lot of organizations, not just in sports, but in business, that win because the players are fucking good. Yeah. And they just good. And uh, <clears throat> yeah. But sometimes there's a real uh, there's a really nice piece of just fuck you pie, what meaning you like fuck you. I'm gonna prove you wrong. Well, you know, I like, get that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if they're if they're in there, it's like, hey, fuck them. We're going to go do it anyway. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, there are businesses that win in the short term because their employees are talented. Yeah. And there are teams that win in the short term because their fucking players are talented. Right. <clears throat> the Bulls are a that that situation where they won six titles. Right. Um is a bit of an anomaly because normally you would say, well, you'd have to have a great culture to produce that much of a dynasty. But 
you really don't when you have only five guys, six guys that, that do the majority of the – they probably had their own little subculture that probably overran the ability to produce a culture in the in the Bulls organization. I mean, how the fuck do you get Michael Jordan to do your fucking culture? Right. I mean – Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know – I don't. I, if they had a lack of culture, you can't necessarily blame it on the ownership, because there's certain people that are just so fucking good that they that that everybody in your organization starts to follow fucking what they do. Mm-hmm. What what do you do? Yeah. Well, I, but there's there's another side of that coin too, because you look at the the Yankees of the 2000s, the early 2000s. They were trying to buy their way to the to the wins. I get it, and it doesn't work. I get it. You take all the talent. But that's in the a world. different scenario. Well, they 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 were buying all the talent. The talent had no culture. Like they had no culture, and they wouldn't win. But, the, but yeah, but what I'm saying is the Bulls they had their own culture. The players had their own culture. Yeah, of course. The fuck. That's my point. The, the fucking Yankees culture. did not have that. That's why they didn't win. They didn't have team leadership. Uh, you know, they say they did, right? Like the captain. Everybody talks about Jeter. Blah blah blah. Well, clearly uh, they didn't because they would. If they did, they would have had fucking nine, ten titles. That's the truth. Based on statistical fucking, so, you know, no, no, no knock on Jeter. I'm fucking sure he's, I mean, dude, he's fucking one of the best baseball players ever. But we're talking about culture, and that's right. a different thing. Right. Jeter had his own culture, though. He had the Jeter package. <laughs> I've heard about the Jeter package. The Jeter package? Yes. Well, you know the Jeter package? I'm sh- I'm if you sure. spent If you spent the night at Jeter's house and you were a female, he sent you home with a Jeter package? No. S- signed ball. I think he got a ball, a jersey couple tickets to a game, and he'd have the driver meet him downstairs to take him home. And, and there's a funny story. Shut I think the I, fuck up. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. I've a, heard that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. There's a funny story, and I don't know if I was on bar stools or where I saw it, but the same girl got the package twice. He didn't know he was, he was, he was on the repeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so he had, a fucking brutal so he had a, shit. He had a different, apparently he had a different apartment. And he would go do what he needed to get done. He would, he would sneak out and leave him with a Jeter gift, and then it would oh, get him home. Hey, man. That's crazy. That's some dirty dog shit. When you're you're the shortstop of the Bronx Bombers, you get a gift. (laughs) So this is an aspect of excellence that a lot of people are sort of gun-shy to talk about, but I know this is something you feel strongly about. One of the other things that's very, very clear in this this, uh, documentary is uh, Michael is uh, sort of legendary for keeping grudges. So he just hated it that he got cut from his, what was it, Madot, high school or junior high. He hated that he got cut from that. Uh, there's this great scene where, or in the documentary where he talks about. You know what's funny? What's that? The motherfucker to cut him, the best thing he ever fucking did. Uh, what do you think he's remembered for now? You know what I'm saying? Was right. it fucking, who was it? Uh, who cut him? It's a some high school. Uh, Roy, somebody. Or I think, like, how, it isn't yeah. a. It's not Roy Williams. No, 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 no. Yeah. This was a high school this oh, okay. guy. But, but but I'm saying like, dude, this guy's probably remembered his whole life for cutting Michael Jordan. Yeah, he is. But so there's two sides to look at it because on the one hand, I think Jordan has been kind of unfair to that guy. Um, and there's been a lot of sports basically saying this guy made the right decision at the time. Like Michael Jordan was not the player that he is now. So he made the right decision. But the flip side of that is that Jordan just didn't let go of that. It really drove him. And then there's this great scene in the documentary where it talks about Jordan was playing golf with a couple of the bosses Celtics. And of course this was at the time where, you know, Larry Bird was still the, they were still good. They were still very good. Space Jam. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, they basically like, he did, he had a bad day on the golf course, and so they talked trash with him. And uh, the next day, and he was like pissed, like huge chip on his shoulder. And the next day was the he, he 
he uh, he said, well, I'm going to have a little s- a surprise for you guys tomorrow. And he scored 69 points in the NBA. Now, they didn't win because the rest of the team wasn't very good, but he dropped 69 points. So my question is with the guard to excellence, and I'm going to ask you that, and I'm going to step out and go to the bathroom myself. I know you guys were wanting to know that, but my question is um, what's the role of negative energy and darkness and, 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 and chipping your shoulder in driving excellence? You guys kind of know what I would say to that. I mean, I've talked about it a whole bunch. You know, I got a fucking list that grows every motherfucking day, dude. That's the truth. Um, I don't know. I feel like things are going pretty well for me, so it must work out okay. I don't. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? No, I mean, I, I agree, but I feel like there's also a balance you got to have too, because yeah. being too, crazy. too hard on yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is where I mean, Andrew and I are black and white in a lot of things. Like I, I actually think I don't want to say I think exactly the opposite, um, because I don't forget those things, but yeah. they are not my fuel. I just always remember, like when I want to quit, well, that's something. Not all I, my fuel. No, no, I'm not saying all, but it's it's not my, my fuel is. I want to be the best version of me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I get and, that. I, and I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, but I don't forget about them. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at I'm it. I'm like an elephant. Yeah, I won't, I won't forget that. No, like the grudge thing that he said. Like, dude, I'm the fucking same way. Like, dude, if you fuck with me, I will never forget it. You know, and I mean, you know that I'm gonna smile at you. Yeah, I'm right. gonna fucking. I mean, I'll be your friend. I'll shake your fucking hand, but I'm gonna destroy you on the competition field, whatever that is. You know, so I mean, I think it has a lot to do with it, and I think there's two kinds of people. I think there's people who take in criticism and negativity and and uh, things they view as slights, and they hang on to that shit, and and it buries them for life. And they say, dude, you know what? My dad told me I was this. My fucking guidance counselor told me I was this. My coach told me I sucked. My my fucking girlfriend said I would be a loser. And right, and then they and they go become those things. Right. Because they're just like, well, I guess that's what the fuck I am. And then there's the people who get told the same shit and they're like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna fucking shove it down your throat. And that's the kind of person I am. I've always been that way. Like, I don't relate to people who aren't that way. I just don't. And, like, I catch a lot of heat from that, too. People, like, I had a lady not too long ago. She's like, oh, you know, where's the growth at? Like, you're a successful man now and this and that. And you're not this kid anymore. No, motherfucker. I am that kid because I'm nowhere near where the fuck I want to be. You're putting your goals on me. You're saying that you would be satisfied where I'm at, which is exactly why you ain't the fuck there. That's the truth. I preach. Yeah. So... My mentality, and people don't understand, I don't compare myself to fucking, no offense to like other business owners that are similar size. That's not what, I'm not doing that. I'm comparing myself to the best motherfuckers that ever walked this fucking earth, ever. And people don't get that. So yeah, laugh. And yeah, make fun of me. And yeah, say we'll never do it. Because every one of those comments never gets forgotten by me. And that only produces an effect that benefits lots of other people. So I'm, I welcome the negative energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people are in a hurry to try to grow out of it because it's not popular, you know? And, it, and, and, and you know what? <clears throat> it doesn't feel that good. And you know what? It probably would make me more sane and happier if I would let shit go a little bit. But it feels pretty good. When those times, whenever I sit down and I look around and I'm at my fucking house, that's beautiful. And I'm looking around and 
I look at our company and I'm proud of everybody in it and I see the fucking good job everybody's doing and I see all these careers. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of careers. And, uh, you know, dude, it's hard not to think about all those motherfuckers that said, dude, I was stupid or that I'd never be shit or that we were wasting our time. I fucking think about it all the time and it makes me fucking smile. And that feeling is a good feeling. People don't relate to it. Because they don't ever get to the point where they fucking prove those people wrong. And then they say, well, you're just, you're just motivated by people. You should prove people right, not prove people wrong. Motherfucker, you ain't got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I'll tell you, the way I look at it is uh, nuclear energy is a really powerful energy. You can blow up a uh, city with it or you can use it to microwave a hot pocket. That's right. So, you know, you can use that 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 negative energy in a positive way or you can use it to beat yourself up. So why not, you know, why not use something so powerful in a positive way? Dude, that's all you that's the whole trick. The whole trick is to take it and to not like this is where people get it fucked up, right? They get themselves in a rage or like they're mad or they're feeling angry. So and so said this, I fuck them. And <clears throat> they feel that for like a minute and then they just go back to doing what the fuck they were doing the, the key to this is that when you're feeling that is to get up and move and do something that contributes to whatever the fuck they said you couldn't do if they said you're going to be a fat ass then when you start thinking about them calling you a fat ass get the fuck up and go walk for 30 minutes mm-hmm. okay when they say you're broke and you ain't ever going to be shit you know what when you start thinking about that and how that hurt you that's when you open up your fucking laptop and you start doing some shit to get better. That's it. Well, I mean, I have a real world example of this. I mean, you know, when I left my job at J and J, you know, basically took a not basically took a fifty percent pay cut. And I remember there's only five people or six people. One that, of these days, I'll start paying you back that pay cut, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, here we. I I think I think I've earned my my worth <laughs> in the grand scheme of life here. Um, but I mean, you start looking at like there was only five or six people that supported. That was it. Five yeah. or six. There was fucking two, motherfucker. It was me. And your dad. It right? was three. It was me. It was you. And it was dad. Yeah, and Raquel. That was it. Yeah. I mean, and and I mean, all, I mean, I everybody remember everybody. Everybody else was confused. Yeah. They, they didn't want to say it. They were like, and I'll fucking say it. They fucking thought I was a fucking joke. And they're like, why the fuck are you, who's out doing great shit with a great job and a safe career and you're kicking ass, going to work for you who hasn't made shit in 10 fucking years. And that's the truth. And you think I don't remember that shit? I fucking remember that. He fucking remembers it. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, like, I don't work out of out of spite. I work out of, uh, so, well, fuck, I got to win. I got to prove him wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, in my head, I don't, I, don't, I could, you know, I just, I'm not the, like, trust me, I, I'm the twist the knife and you fuck you guys. I, I think it takes I just both. do it differently. It takes the both mentalities. Yeah, like you're saying, DJ, I don't think one's right or wrong. Balance. No, it, yeah. it, dude, that's why I said it depends on the person. Right. But I'm going to tell you one thing for sure. You can't be a fucking champion or be great at what it is you do unless you learn how to pivot that negative shit into positive action. It's gonna, if, you, if you can't learn that or you don't buy into it as a real thing or you don't think it's important, you will not win. Well, I mean, anything. it's the it's the opening part yeah. portion of the fucking podcast. Yeah, like you can hum. Yeah, but the work's gonna fucking produce and the dude, fucking that's win. Why, <laughs> that's why I get so mad about that shit. People are like, why do you get so mad at the spiritual people? Because, because, <laughs> dude, these motherfuckers don't tell the whole truth. They tell part the truth, which is the problem with most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They say, dude, 
I'm going to lead a live meditation today on the blah, blah, blah. And right. And then they do it. And that's cool. And by the way, um, just so you know, I'm never, ever referring to Dr. Nicole when I say this shit. Nicole LaPera. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. I just want everybody to know that. I think she is the best person on the fucking internet to follow if you if you want to figure out what the fuck's going on upstairs. And for all the, you know, you want to get in touch with the more of the softer stuff, bro, she's it. Everybody else is a fucking bullshitter. She's it. So I'm never talking about her. But everybody else, <laughs> okay? Like, dude, you guys... You, you you see all these these positive things that that are put out, and I could appreciate that for thirty seconds. You know, hey, that's a nice thought. But guess what happens after that nice thought? I'm back in the fucking I'm back in the fucking trenches over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, and people don't realize like, and this is why I go hard on them so 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 much is because, dude, it's only fucking part of the puzzle. The other part of the puzzle is the hard part. That's the part where you're going to have to go get your fucking nuts kicked in 50 fucking times a day for 10 years. Okay. Now the mental part, the meditation and the, the, the shit that I talk about that can help you deal with that. But if you're looking at that as your only solution to becoming like, you know, they, people, everybody's looking for the inner peace. You ain't going to have inner peace motherfucker. If you ain't out doing something in the real world that you're proud of. You're, well, you're just not. Not only that, inner, inner peace comes from putting in the work. That's right. You know, inner that, peace. But that's is never it. talked about from these fuckers. They're convincing people who are looking for an answer and looking for a solution and looking for something to hang on to as hope. And these people are fucking predatorily preying on them. And I would argue that a lot of these people are counterproductive because what happens when you get someone who's meditating and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing all this shit, but their problems aren't really fixing themselves. They feel better about their problems. Kind of like, I kind of feel good that I meditated for 20 minutes, but they're not like actually fixing the problem. And that there's a huge disconnect there in, in, in our world. And, and especially on, on Instagram and social media guys, if you think I'm just talking shit and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I challenge you to go look at any of those motherfuckers' lives and then come look at my life, okay? Because I'm going to promise you, my life is pretty fucking cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to sure. do some real shit to make shit happen for yourself. There's a lot of success. People who listen to this podcast generally want to win and be successful. So I am not talking, hey, you can't have meditation in your life or you can't have these other tools but what i'm saying is if you don't get the fuck up and sweat and do some hard fucking work and put in your your energy into an actual fucking real life thing it's going to be a very empty process for you to go through all that and that's what i'm that's my beef with that you know and i wish people would just i wish people would Accept that or at least come to a realization of that you need two things, not just one thing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I think we should do something really unusual and wrap up this discussion of excellence uh, with a reference to Tiger King and Joe Exotica. I have a what I think is a profoundly deep and insightful urban. Uh, urban. It's very, uh, very urban. Urban 
uh, insight into Joe Exotica, but I would like to know, G- DJ, you've seen mm-hmm. it, because nobody seen it. else has seen it, right? I've oh. seen it. Oh, you've seen it? Who the fuck hasn't seen Tiger King, Well, I man. thought you hadn't seen it. You didn't see okay. Tiger King, All right, Joe? so everybody's seen it. Oh. So here's, DJ, so <laughs> to just general, if I were to ask you, like, what do you think is actually something really, really, like, laudable, like, praiseworthy about Joe Exotica, what would you say? I think the one of the best things that I like is how he was able to take felons and people who didn't have jobs and drug addicts and give them a, a, a decent job to make a decent living, gave them housing, gave them food. I mean, it might have been out of a Walmart truck, but... To yeah. continue them to be drug addicts? I mean, that's debatable. A safe haven so that's that debatable. they can continue I mean, the but, process? I mean, he, he was Look, man, there's good and bad. Yeah, he yeah. was right? people, let's, let's focus on something good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. What he was, was good? Helping, he helped people, and I like I did like that aspect of it. Yeah. Well, I like, you know, when that girl got her arm bit off, yeah, that was and he throws up. on that fucking medic jacket yeah. like 30 fucking seconds, dude. And goes into the conference like, room and gives people rain checks. Where on the <laughs> fuck do you come up with a fucking medical <laughs> jacket, bomber jacket, and literally fucking .5 seconds? Right. Like, dude, that's the shit that I think about. That's what keeps me up at night, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, right. How the fuck did Joe Exotic get his his the medic EMT jacket, jacket yeah. on fast enough to, like, when this girl, like, her arm gets bit off and he doesn't think, like, oh, fuck. His first it. thought is, like, let me go get my fucking jacket, dude. Like, that's fucking weird. But that's I'll crazy. say this, okay? I agree with DJ. He created a little bit of a, like, a little family culture there, and that's not all bad, mm-hmm. right? Did mm-hmm. it serve himself? absolutely did he did he yeah there it is dude the famous jacket bro look at that motherfucker that's official as fuck meanwhile she's about to bleed out yeah dude (laughs) you wouldn't think to like tourniquet her arm or like do you know you go put on your fucking jacket it's for the gram dude that's right he's a fucking dude he's a flexing so the uh i you know what i liked about him dude honestly because dude let's be real the whole appeal to the show is that he's sort of likable right that's the appeal of the show yes so the appeal to the sh- dude. Here's what I like. People are gonna fucking think it's ridiculous, but like, look, man, in life, dude, nobody really believes in you. There's very few people that believe in you, and I respect and give ultimate credit to people that believe in themselves. And while everybody else is laughing at his country videos, his country music video, and you know who he's, you know his show and all these things. Dude, I just love the fact that the guy believed in himself enough to like just fearlessly do it. You know what I'm saying? And I respect that. 100%. Like, like, dude, he looked like, like, let's be real, dude. Like, the guy's funny. Like, he was funny. And we kind of make fun of him. It's kind of like, you know, we're making fun of him, honestly, for kind of, because he's a little off, right? So, like, I, but but dude, if you break that part down, like I dig that. Like mm-hmm. people who step up and like, mm-hmm. dude, those are my favorite people to follow on Instagram too. The people who are like, they're not the big people. Like, dude, you know how many great people I see on Instagram that put out fucking amazing content that have like eight thousand followers. Right. That should they should have millions of followers. I agree, hundred uh, absolutely. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. dude, see, I like people like that. Yeah. And, and uh, so so my favorite thing about about Joe uh, was that you know. He, he wasn't afraid to go try and do his dreams. Like, you know, like, dude, you want to make a music video? Make a motherfucking music right. video. I can tell you right now, I'll make a music video soon, too, and you all are going to fucking love it. Right. That's all. So, you know? so in the interest of full disclosure, I haven't seen all of them. So I don't know all of the, I, yeah. I don't know all of the bad things that no, he's associated with. No, but like people, with. you know, dude, you, the meme world, right? Like, it's kind of cool, though, because the, me, the social media world, like, they made fun of him. 
but they were also not so hard on like they get it right like you know the meme world even they're still like pumping them up like yeah well what i was gonna say no he's a very sympathetic character yeah. he's like a very screwed up guy but like you know I think it was Muhammad Ali said, you know, don't judge. Don't How, judge. Muhammad Ali get a fucking quote on, on Joe Exotic, bro. Well, Muhammad Ali said, don't judge any man until you walk in his shoes, you know. And I, I would say, like, I can't even imagine my dad saying to me, hey, promise me you'll never come to my funeral. Yeah. Like, that's that, you know, we don't. Yeah. And not only that, like, like dude, like, that's crazy. Like, look, dude, I'm not sympathizing with them. A lot of the animal people are going to get pissed off. Like, dude, I don't like I don't like animals being kept like that and all no. that shit. I'm not against, I'm against that. But I'm just saying from a person standpoint you know you want to find something good about the dude i do like how he created a, like his own little family of, oasis yeah. of misfits yeah people who don't fit in other places you wouldn't care about him regardless no right. dude and i dig that and that's why those people were loyal to him like that girl got her arm bit off and she's still like no came back. this is my family right so dude he's a he's actually a, a great culture builder right like by that's, default that's what i was gonna say so number right. one you interview hitler then two that two, I bring Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic in the, in the game. Of culture. <laughs> I no, got about I, four I, episodes in, and I thought, man, I hang out with some fucked up people. Bro, me too. Right? <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Sell. Never during the course of the show did I get the show. Me neither. Like you know how like you watch the show, and then you're like, it's kind of slow, but all your friends said it was good, so you stick it out. Yeah. And so like, but but that's what happened the whole show. Like, usually you get to a point, and you're like, oh, dude, all right, I see why everybody liked this show. Yeah. But I went through the whole motherfucker, like, looking for that point. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was, like, looking the whole time. I'm like, all right, when is this, when's the time? Like, when's the time I'm going to get I kind of thought it? the joke was on me. I'm yeah, like, dude. wait a minute. <laughs> so is the test that, can you really make it through this whole thing? Exactly. <laughs> dude, I kept I'm thinking, thinking, like, the what the shit? fuck? Yeah, but really all it is is, like, dude, people... People actually love an underdog. I'm convinced yeah. that people people just enjoyed watching it because as fucked up as they were, it makes you feel normal. Well, I think yeah. it, I think it caught two groups. I think it caught the group of like us, mm -hmm. like everybody. I'm saying us, like the people who listen to the podcast, right. who are like thinking the same kind of thing I'm thinking. And then they kind of like start to like Joe a little bit, and they kind of right. they're kind of like, holy fuck, dude, this is actually happening. And you go through like multiple phases of it, right? And then. You know, at the end, you're kind of like, what the fuck did I just watch? Right, <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. I, I wanted yeah. to, I thought at some point in time, you're going to start hearing Jerry, right. Jerry, right. Jerry. I'll be real, dude. Every episode I watched, I was, I was fucking smoking. So like, <laughs> so like, I was a little bit wondering if it was just me yeah. right, or if the show was like fucked up. No, no it's definitely, so, it's. Yeah, but like, I feel like the reason the show was so popular is because the first group, kind of like what we just discussed, mm -hmm. and I think the second group, they just love seeing people fucking fuck shit up. Yeah. And he, the guys are constantly fucking shit up. Yeah. And people love that. And I, I don't love that. That that makes yeah. me hurt, dude. Yeah. Like when I see people just keep fucking their shit up, dude. I, yeah. It bothers me. Did uh, Joe Exotic see the guy that taught you how to dock? See your first dock? <laughs> <laughs> well, Does he what, taught you how to line it up just right? What, <laughs> what it came down for me uh, is that, you know, obviously the guy's dysfunctional. Obviously he's gotten some, done some stupid stuff. And you, obviously we don't agree with some of the conditions of, of the way he operates. Come on, man. Do we agree with ev the way no, everybody operates? No, but here's what I, here's what I think is very, very uh, laudable about Joe is that it is this. Oh, I I what's Where, that? What was that word? Laudable. Okay, explain the word. Oh, it's uh, admirable, admirable. Right. So, um, 
I think he genuinely. That was for me, motherfucker. <laughs> that was for the listeners. <laughs> I think he that was genuinely, a silent flex. Yeah. I think he genuinely 1,000% uh, loves those animals, like loves tigers, delights in them. I think he, I think he loves cares about giving people a good show. And I think because he has so much of that belief and that love in his heart that that's, I mean, the dude is incredibly productive. And so the, the, the thing, the, the phrase that came to my mind is like, this guy is crazy out of his mind, but like I can't, I thought of your phrase, Andy, uh, caring is not a buzzword. Yeah. Like that guy is successful even though he's so screwed up, he's successful because he cares. Well, if he wasn't so screwed up, he actually would have been financially successful. Yeah. He could have turned that into a real thing. Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm going to get me.